This is Partners in Practice, a weekly series dedicated to the evolving field of the advanced practice clinician. Here is your host physician assistant, Lisa DeAndre Linnell. On June 8, 2010, in a sweeping victory, physician assistant Karen Bass won the California Democratic primary election for the 33rd Congressional District. Bass is favored to win the seat in the November general election and would be the first physician assistant elected to Congress. Karen Bass had already made political history in May 2008 when the Los Angeles Democrat became the 67th Speaker of the California Assembly. Bass is the first African-American woman, the first Democratic woman, and the first physician assistant to serve as Speaker of the California Assembly. And we are happy to have her here today to talk about her congressional run and her experience of being a PA in politics. Hi, Karen. Welcome to Partners in Practice, and congratulations on your primary victory. Thank you. I appreciate that. Glad to be with you. Karen, let's start by sharing a little of your background with our listeners. In the mid-80s, you were a practicing physician assistant at the nation's largest trauma center, Los Angeles County USC Medical Center, and you also served as a clinical instructor at your alma mater, the University of Southern California Keck School of Medicine. Tell us how practicing as a PA and educating PAs influenced your personal and your political life. Well, it certainly did. You know, working on the front lines of healthcare in the emergency room at County General Hospital in Los Angeles, I think that has an impact on you for the rest of your life, frankly. And it just showed me how it was so important that people have medical coverage. So that's why I was so excited when healthcare reform was raised to the level of a national discussion and at least the first major step toward having a universal healthcare system was taken when President Obama signed the health reform bill. But, you know, working in the healthcare field and especially as a PA, the compassion that you have, and I'm so proud of the profession because now that I've been out of the profession for a number of years, I hear people are much more familiar with the profession, and they always make the same comment, how much they like dealing with their physician assistant, how the PA is always willing to take time and explain, and drawing on the differences between our field and other healthcare fields. It's been many years since you practiced medicine. Do you miss it? And do you ever think about picking up a shift in the ER? No, I certainly don't ever think about picking up a shift in the (laughs) ER. It has been so many years, I would need to go promptly back to school. (laughs) (laughs) You'd be surprised. Well, your political career started well before the California State Legislature when you founded the Community Coalition for Substance Abuse Prevention and Treatment in South Central Los Angeles. What was your motivation for starting that organization? Well, actually, it came from working working in the emergency room and seeing how substance abuse led so many people to have the accidents, the fights, or the illness that they came in with, and looking for a public policy solution because I was so concerned that especially in the late 80s, the only solution being talked about was a law enforcement solution, just locking everybody up. But as a healthcare provider, we know that it's a public health issue. And so that's really what led me to starting the Community Coalition. But you're right, my interest and involvement in politics actually goes back much further. I I have been interested and involved in politics since I was in middle school. It's just that was a side interest, and my career, my profession was working in the medical field. I was politically active after work. So in 2004, you won your first seat in the California Assembly, and then four years later, the Assembly elected you to be its 67th Speaker. How do you go from an urban PA social activist to one of the most powerful legislative roles? Well, I just have to tell you, 
that my experience in healthcare, it colors you in so many different ways. So let me just give you an example. When I had to lead the assembly and 80 members of the assembly in, in the middle of the worst economic crisis since the Great Depression, and I would see my members really panicked and feeling very frustrated, I would always say, do you have a pulse? <laughs> Are you breathing? Are you bleeding? We can manage it then. <laughs> After working in the trauma center and really being on the front lines of life and death, it gives you a particular perspective and I believe a calmness in the sense that, yes, what we're dealing with are life and death issues, but no one is going to die on the spot. So we can take a deep breath and take our time and move forward. That's a good point. Medicine humanizes you. <laughs> exactly. Well, in your role as speaker, you championed improved access to quality health care, and you authored legislation that prevented children from going without health care. So, you know, you parlayed that health care experience into good things for your California constituents. How do you plan on leveraging your state experience in healthcare legislation on a federal level? How different is it? Well, I'll, I will tell you, and in all honesty, I have to learn the federal process. I mean, one thing I know for sure is that it's absolutely massive in terms of a bill that actually makes its way through both houses of Congress uh, is huge compared to what we pass on a state level. But I, I am proud that I was able to bring Democrats and Republicans together in an effort last year to save health care for 600000 children. But what I am most proud of, though, and had the most fun with was elevating the PA profession and bringing PAs, you know, on the floor of the assembly, making sure that when they were up here that they were able to talk directly to the assembly members and the senators and just raising the awareness of the legislature about the profession. And I look forward to doing that in Washington, D.C. And that's so exciting for all PAs because in his first major address on health care reform, President Obama failed to mention PAs. And as health care is reforming, it's so important that we have a voice at the table. And we're so excited to see you sitting at that table. How do you plan to use that voice? Well, I definitely plan to use the voice in looking at the workforce. So it's wonderful that we have passed health care reform, but I want to make sure that PA education continues to be supported, that we come up with the financial aid because it has gotten so expensive compared to when I went to school 27 years ago. And so making sure that there is support and that the profession grows in every way possible. That's one of the things that I hope to do. Well, recently, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services announced a $250 million investment in primary care under the Patient Protection and Affordable Care Act. That money is to develop primary care providers over the next five years, which is great news, but it doesn't address the shortage of primary care practitioners, especially PAs, where 70 percent of them are working in specialty care. What do you think needs to be done to encourage the PAs to go back to primary care? Well, you know, I think when we see healthcare reform begin to be implemented, I think that there needs to be a lot of PR work, frankly, not just with PAs, but with physicians as well, because we know that phenomena is there uh, with them as well, going into the specialty areas. And so I think that we will see as healthcare reform is implemented that there will be renewed interest in primary care, but it is something that we have to proactively advocate for, and I definitely want to be on the front lines of that. How do you suggest that PAs work with the MDs to help leverage that move? I think that anything that we can do to get PAs more politically active would just be so important. And so whether it's working with physicians or not, just as PAs on their own, I think it's very valid. I know for a fact that a lot of PAs are not aware that 
folks in public office are the ones that have the power over what they do in an examining room. People don't really think about that, but it is legislated. And I will tell you that the majority of my colleagues have no idea. And so when legislation comes before them and the right person lobbies them, you know, then it can wind up restricting what we're able to do as providers. And so anything that we can do to get folks politically active, I think, is very, very vital. If you're just joining us, you're listening to Partners in Practice on ReachMD XM160, the channel for medical professionals. I'm PA Lisa DeAndre Linnell, and I'm speaking with California Speaker Emeritus Karen Bass, who recently won the California Democratic primary election for the 33rd Congressional District. And if elected, she will be the first physician assistant in Congress. And we're discussing her congressional run and her experience of being a PA in politics. So, Karen, let's go back and talk about getting PAs involved in politics. Sure. Right now, we have a very low level of involvement at a state level, at a national level, in the PA organizations. And this is something we talk about a lot on the show. And I think the -the boots-to-the-ground PA doesn't quite understand. How do you suggest that we help them understand and help them get more involved? There are people out there who have it inside of them. They just don't know where to begin. I think that that's something that I can help with and I want to do on a congressional level. And I would really like to duplicate what was done in California. And so, for example, I'm not sure if AAPA does this now, but if there is a PA day on the Hill in the future, I would like to help facilitate that. And if we do a lot of publicity ahead of time through the journals, through the various PA programs, alumni networks, professional associations to get folks to come to D.C., I really think that there's a lot that I can do when, you know, I'm in Congress. So let's talk about the name recognition for physician assistants. In California, I'm sure all of your fellow legislators know what a physician assistant is. And you've been an ambassador for the PA profession, and you've been very successful in California. How do you plan on using that experience on your congressional colleagues to help them understand what a physician assistant is? Well, the first thing that I have to do, and I'm, I'm actually trying to do it right now over these next few months, is really get a sense of the federal process. Number one, I know it's going to take a while. One, because there are so many members of Congress. It's one thing to do it with 120 legislators, 80 in the Assembly, 40 in the Senate. It's another thing to do it with 400 members of the House. And so I'm going to have to get there, get to know my colleagues, and come up with the strategy. So I do think that it'll take me several months. But the exciting thing is, is that, you know, in Congress, you can stay there. One of the frustrations about being in the state legislature in California, at least not other states, we have a very short time period to be here before we're termed out of office. And those six years go by very, very fast. So the idea that I will be able to be in Congress for a while, I can take time and get to know my colleagues and bring the profession along the way. What are your hopes for the PA profession and healthcare reform? Well, my hopes for the PA profession is that we continue to grow and that we are working on every aspect of medicine, but I definitely want to shore up our participation in primary care. And in terms of healthcare reform, I want it to continue on. I mean, the bill that the president signed extends healthcare coverage to 31 million people. I want to see the day in the United States when healthcare is absolutely a right. We don't even think of K through 12 education. Now, you can argue the quality, okay, but no one thinks about that. That's just a given. Of course, education is free. Of course, I'm going to send my child to school when they're five years old or maybe even three or two. 
I want healthcare to have the same type of assumption and without a second thought, everyone in the United States being provided healthcare. And that's where getting the PAs into primary care is so important and working with the nurses and the MDs to provide this care across the board. Oh my goodness, if we provided healthcare for everyone tomorrow, you know that we would not have the workforce to do it. That's correct. Well, let's talk about health insurance. I recently read something that you talked about private health insurance and the changes there, which are only leading to more of a need of a national health care plan. And, you know, recently, Aetna started decreasing the reimbursements for PAs and nurse practitioners and following the lines of Humana. And I think that's one more thing that's pushing PAs out of primary care. What are your thoughts on that? Well, we're going through that in California as well, where they actually are trying to raise the rates. I think in this time period over this next year, we're going to find the insurance companies trying to figure out how far they can push their envelope. (laughs) And I think it's very important that we push back and say you can't rush through these changes in the window when everything is being transitioned. And so we have definitely pushed back in California on the rate increases, although they are trying them again. So we were able to get them to back away, and we're going to have to double up that effort. And I I think you're going to see things like that, but I think it's all part of the process of the transition. Karen, you're an inspiration to PAs and to future PAs and the PA listeners that are out there that are interested in being leaders or getting involved in the political process. What advice would you offer them? Well, one, when I get to Washington, D.C., please call me. That's good advice. (laughs) I, I I, I would love to be helpful. But I would suggest that the first thing they do is get involved in their state PA association and get familiar with the state process because we are talking about state level legislation when we're talking about PAs and federal. But there's so much that could be done. Every single PA could get involved in number one, finding out who your representative is. Who is your state senator, your state assembly member or house of reps, depending on what it's called in a given state? Who is your congressional member? Go visit them. Go meet them. Every legislator is in their district at certain points in time. Find out when they're going to be there. Meet their staff first. Build a relationship. That is the most important things that people can do. It gets them familiar with the political process. They can put their foot in the water and see if it's something that they're interested in. I'd like to thank my guest, California Speaker Emeritus Karen Bass, for coming on our show. And we wish her the best of luck on her congressional run in November. It's been over 40 years, and the time has come for a physician assistant to have a seat at the congressional table. Karen, thank you so much for coming on the show. You're very welcome. You've been listening to Partners in Practice on ReachMD XM160. You can download this program and any other program in our library at ReachMD.com. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Thank you for listening.